0: welcome to the september 12th edition of the pff daily betting podcast this is ben brown i'm riding solo today which means we are going to go through some of the Best betting plays for our first real college football slate. The ACC is set to begin their conference schedule with six of our top 25 teams, according to ELO, set to play this weekend. Before we dive fully into some of the best bets, according to Greenline, I thought I would give my thoughts on why recreational and more serious sports bettors should focus a significant amount of time and resources on college football. Really, it all comes down to volume. But there are two different measurements related to volume that make college football great to target from a sports betting standpoint. First, the sheer number of games in schools makes it nearly impossible for markets to be as efficient as they are for the NFL. The evidence for this is apparent, as in the offseason, NFL lines for week one were hung nearly five months in advance, while the college football spreads and totals we are seeing now have slowly trickled in over the past couple weeks. Books are looking to set lines as quickly and efficiently as possible, but the high amount of college games that occur with matchups all over the spectrum as far as team strength or power ratings means handicapping every game correctly is a difficult task for sportsbooks. The second part of volume is the ticket or cash volume wagered on any one game. The handles for NFL games are huge, which allows for the betting market to become more efficient with each subsequent transaction. Because each bet is a piece of information for the market to digest and decide what it wants to do with it, college football is nowhere near as popular of a sport to bet on and doesn't receive nearly the amount of attention or volume that the NFL generates, especially for non-marquee matchups, which consistently occur throughout a college football slate. That means there are lots of unidentified opportunities for mispriced lines on a college football slate that simply doesn't happen with the more efficient NFL betting markets. These two factors create opportunity for anyone with the time and resources available to learn and understand the college football game. And this is where PFF can help, as not only do we have the predictive models for sports betting already built like NFL and NCAA Greenline, but we are one of a small subset of providers of advanced stats for college football, and the only one that grades every single player on every single play of every game at the FBS level. Intuitively, it is easy to understand why it is impossible to watch or observe or pick up insight on every game that happens over the course of a Saturday, but PFF has a team of analysts paid to do just that along with charting and grading of the games in order to bring you the most accurate data set related to college football that currently exists. Right now, NFL researchers are just scratching the surface for insights related to NGS data. But at the college level, that type of data doesn't exist, which makes PFF tracking data all the more valuable with which to understand matchups. Our NCAA Green Line model takes all of that data into account when projecting out situations where the betting markets may be off. This cuts down significantly on the amount of time people need to focus on college football in order to be successful at betting it. The sheer volume of the games and teams, the lack of volume from cash and tickets on the betting markets, and the lack of data-rich resources with which to derive insights about college football makes it an opportunity that PFF can help you exploit. So now that we know and understand the basics of why we are betting college football, let's dive into how we bet college football. Basically, outside of a few higher spreads, basically outside of a few higher spreads and totals, it takes on the same basic makeup as the NFL. In the NFL, the median spread is minus three, with the mean at minus 2.28. For a spread to land in the first quartile, which is the median of the lower half of the data set, it would need to be minus 6.5 or more. Well, the third quartile is plus 2.5 or more for the road team in the NCAA those distributions are much wider the median spread is minus 6.5 with the mean being over a touchdown favorite at minus 7.5 this means that just in general it's three and a half points higher for the median spread than for the NF for the NCAA than it is in the NFL to be in the first quartile for the NCAA, you need to be a home favorite of minus 17.5 or greater. Well, the third quartile also has a wider range than the NFL and is at plus 3.5 for the road favorite. So the spreads that we're seeing are significantly different on a weekly basis from what we have at the NFL. Totals are also even more varied from the NFL to the NCAA. In the NFL, the median total is 44.5, and the mean sits right at 45. A game in the first quartile has a total of 42 or under. The third quartile is 47.5, which is a difference of about 5 points. In the NCAA, the median total is over 10 points higher at 56, with the mean at 56.5. To be in the first quartile for the NCAA, you still need a total of 50.5 or below. The third quartile is 62 or higher, which is basically 1.5 points below the highest total we've ever seen at the NFL level, and that's just in the third quartile. We've seen some astronomically high scoring totals in the NCAA, things that we just would not see at the NFL level. So the spreads and totals are different, which also implies that the key numbers associated with both leagues would vary, especially for the totals. Spreads essentially, basically minus three is still the most likely outcome and number for a game to land on for both college and NFL. But an NFL game is almost twice as likely to end on minus three than an NCAA game is. Minus seven is the second most important number for a college game, whereas the NFL sees a higher percentage of games land at plus three. The margins are more tightly distributed in the NFL than the NCAA, as the NCAA key numbers go from minus three, minus seven plus three, plus seven, and then it moves into the home favorite key numbers of minus 14, minus 21, minus 10, and minus 17. This highlights that we see home teams typically cover and do so in impressive fashion on the college side, and NFL games are typically much more tightly contested, we see a lot more road favorites winning stuff like that in the NFL, whereas NCAA is typically much more spread out the margin between the games. For totals, it is even comparable between the two classes of football. The NCAA has a much wider distribution due to the higher scoring games. The most key NFL numbers for the total have just shy of a 4% probability with which the total game lands on. The NCAA sees even a lower percentage of probability because they have such a wider distribution for the total outcome of the game. Now that we have a decent basis for the differences between NFL and NCAA, Let's dive into the best bets that we have for this weekend's action. The first game we have coming up, Syracuse versus North Carolina. This spread has been on the move since opening at minus 19.5. It cut through minus 21, which again is a key number, especially for that home team favorite. It took a quick break and then pushed all the way to minus 23 as we head towards kickoff. Sam Powell is probably in that second or third tier of Heisman Trophy candidates. I don't think Tommy DeVito is anywhere close to that tier of quarterback play. The market has unfortunately gotten away from us for this game, which means that really the only viable play we have is on the total. Greenline expects points to be at a premium, but the market has been moving upwards after opening at 64, and now sits at 65.5. This is a good spot to buy in with Green Greenline assigning a 1.9% value to this under. Another game that's kind of been interesting from a green line perspective is Tulane versus South Alabama. Betters have been buying Tulane as of late as this spread has been on a ride throughout the week. It opened plus 11 for Tulane as the road favorite but moved all the way down to plus 7.5 before rebounding, jumping all the way back up to essentially where we are with the opening line price. I think it sits between plus 11 and plus 10.5 depending on the book. This is pretty significant line movement, but it's also interesting that the spread essentially opened up at a price, moved three and a half to four points, and then came back to that price. We still like South Alabama, and I do think this is the best price you're going to get. At that 10.5 number, we do give South Alabama a 1.2% cover probability or value on their cover probability. So this is definitely a playable game another game that's kind of interesting that could turn into a snooze fest relatively quickly though is that utep versus texas longhorns right now that spread sits at plus 43 it did open up two points below that obviously texas has probably the public team in this situation obviously so they are going to get some backing um it's kind of tough to back utep in this situation they are the 127th ranked team in the country according to our elo projections but green line does um, does find you know quite a bit of value with utep and that's probably going to happen in a lot of these situations where we do see you know outrageous spreads at this point in the season so um we do give utep 3.4 percent value on that current line it is of course kind of difficult to um, buy into utep doing anything against texas but that's just such a high spread that it's really going to be tough for Longhorns to actually cover it so I don't mind buying into UTEP it's definitely not my favorite play but there are um, not a ton of great options on this weekend slate so that is definitely a spot if you're looking to get some uh, cheddar down if you have a you know four or five grand line around then Greenland also has the smallest of edges on Clemson's money line which the current market sits right you know, minus 4,500. Green line gives Clemson a 98.5% win probability, which is 0.7% above the break even percentage. This isn't a recommended play, but if you saw line, you know, $100 line on the sidewalk, you'd probably stop and pick it up. But I can understand why people's risk profiles don't value this bet enough to lay down the kind of money required to make it worth it. So it's probably a pass for most people, but there is that slight edge which is um, noteworthy in this situation because it is something that, you know, betting models wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards. On the other side of the risk spectrum, we also have daily fantasy sports, where instead of having to lay a significant amount of money to win a little, you can risk a little amount of money to win, hopefully a lot. It is a relatively light slate for college football DFS, so we won't spend too much time, but we can offer a few plays and suggestions based on our projections. The top projected quarterback in our model is Brock Purdy. He's the sixth most expensive quarterback. We actually project that game to be one of the closest games on this main slate of dfs action so it does seem like brock Purdy potentially get four quarters of run in a tightly competitive game the question is what receiver to stack him with that is a good question the top projected running back that we have is jordan mason Um, at a price per dollar perspective basically, he's obviously not the top projected running back overall in sheer fantasy points, but at $5,300 he does offer significant volume related to his price that he should be able to pay off his salary. Uh, Two of our favorite wide receivers on this slate, Tamari and Terry, $7,800 from Florida State. I do expect Florida State to actually play quite well here. Um, I do think Terry's going to receive the majority of the market share in this situation. Another spot that we like, Jonathan Adams Jr., $6,000 at Arkansas State. They already had some game. He put up a decent amount of uh, fantasy points in their first game, and I do think that he's actually able to uh, come through again for a lot of people if you want to stick him in your DFS lineups. Um, If you have any other further questions about DFS, you can definitely hit me up on Twitter. My handle is PFF underscore Ben Brown. Um, so this has been a wrap for the Saturday morning edition of the PFF Daily Betting Podcast. We talked some initial strategy and context with betting NCAA football and got into some detail on this Saturday's best bets along with plays to consider in your DFS lineups. Tomorrow, there will be a deep dive with George Tahiri and Eric Ear talking about NFL player props. You don't want to miss that. Thanks for tuning in. This is Ben Brown on your PFF Daily Betting Podcast.